You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Fever Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Fever Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, here we go. Hope you had a great weekend because it was a heck of a weekend for college football all across the country. FCS Fever Podcast, my name is Jeff Colhane. Great to be in with you, and we have got a lot to get to on the program uh, here in this one today. We take a look back, we recap, and obviously, great guest as always on the FCS Fever Pod, Larry Weir, Eastern Washington's radio play-by-play man, had a front row seat to what was an amazing football game. It was on ESPN2, national platform, and it's Eastern Washington that comes away with a victory. They come from behind and beat the Montana Grizzlies on the red turf in the Inferno. They get the job done. And now Eastern Washington vaults their way into the top five in both of the uh, the polls out there that uh, cover FCS college football. So uh, a heck of a matchup, heck of a battle. Montana still very, very good. I, I was impressed by their size, their speed on defense, their size along the offensive line. Uh, Bobby Houck and the Grizz, uh, I, I look at them and this is probably going to be their only blemish on the season. And so you're looking at a Montana team that's a top five seed and hosting games at Washington Grizz Stadium, one of the best atmospheres in all of FCS college football. Um, so great games. That that one starts us off. I mean, that that's the game uh, of the weekend in a big time way. Uh, sold out crowd at Ruse Field. And look, Eric Berrier is the best player in our division uh, individually. What a talent. There are a lot of great players at this level. And Eric Berrier, I thought he should have won the Walter Payton Award in the springtime. Uh, no no shot at Cole Kelly. I think he's phenomenal and has a chance to play in the NFL. But uh, Eric Berrier is outstanding. And this game was trending to to a point where, you know, we saw Eastern Washington here in the Fargo Dome back in April in the FCS playoffs in the spring season, and they got to a hot start. It was 14 nothing, 20-7, to and, and we were looking around going, oh boy, I mean, this, this could be a short stay for NDSU in this spring postseason. But then physically, Eastern couldn't hold up, and the Bison roared back and blew them out in, in that playoff game. You can tell that has been a point of motivation for Aaron Best. We had him on the pod late last week. And Eastern Washington against a physical Montana team who probably could have ran it more early than what they did, 
um, they held up. And there was a block field goal late in the third quarter. That was a big swing, certainly. Uh, and the and the Eastern Washington defense held up and made the plays they needed to make. Cam Humphrey going down wasn't good for Montana. But but I'll I'll give helmet sticker shout outs to three different entities in that game. The Eastern Washington defense, Jack Sendelbach, uh, and that group. They they fought. They played very, very hard. Talolo Limu Jones is a player that more need to be talking about. Over 200 receiving yards in the game against Montana. Got hurt late in the contest. Hopefully he is okay. He is one of the best wide receivers in all of Division I college football, not just the FCS. And how about Dennis Merritt? With Tameric Pierce out for Eastern Washington, Dennis Merritt's numbers are eye-popping. I believe he leads the FCS in touchdowns right now. And so... Eastern Washington gets a win they need. Uh, they're scheduled. They've got a, a, a tough road down the stretch, but the tough games are at home. They've got Idaho, Weber State, Montana State all at home. They do have a tough road game at UC Davis, so this by no means will be smooth sailing the rest of the way for Eastern Washington. Uh, but the Eagles, uh, they get a huge win and for a program that was worried if it would still be around if you followed some of the storylines at Eastern Washington where athletics in the crosshairs by some at the university with some of the financial issues going on, what a big feather in the cap to Eastern Washington football and Eastern Washington athletics. Winning that game, a sold-out crowd, beating a Montana team that looked like they were unbeatable after their start to the season. A great win for uh, Aaron Best. And Eric Berrier, folks, uh, barring a major setback, this guy's going to win the Walter Payton Award here in 2021. All right, so everybody's favorite teams at the top, you think you're going to see them steamroll uh, each opponent week in and week out. Folks, it's just not how it goes in college football. It's it's tough to win on the road in conference play. I, I don't care how great of a team you are. Every team has a game or two or three where it, it's going to be an absolute dogfight. They're all not going to be easy, uh, you know, blowout wins across the board. And so for the fan bases of JMU, for Sam Houston, and NDSU fan bases, look, those are all very nice wins those three teams got, and yet you hear complaining out there about how the teams played. Nice wins across the board. James Madison, hey, shout out New Hampshire. Uh, I was impressed. I did not think this would be the kind of game we would see. A close, close football game. 23-21 JMU winner going on the road to Durham and winning at New Hampshire. Sam Houston, no Eric Schmid. Seth Morgan, the kicker, is out. Uh, and yet, uh, this group, led by Casey Keeler, and what a, what a great defense. They make plays down the stretch and come from behind to beat Stephen F. Austin in the Battle of the Piney Woods at NRG Stadium in front of a great crowd down in Houston, Texas. So Sam Houston hangs on, and they win. And North Dakota State goes up to UND, a place they hadn't played in 18 years, and they get a hard-fought win, excellent defensive effort, excellent special teams from NDSU, and the offense makes plays at the end when they need to slam the door on a feisty UND bunch. Uh, they get it done. They win 16-10, to some questionable decision-making by Bubba Schweigert and also Danny Freund with a reverse on fourth and two instead of giving the ball to Otis Wea. 
yeah, some some questions there. Uh, but UND defensively showed out. They played very well. They played hard. Uh, I liked how aggressive they were. They threw blitzes at NDSU from different areas with run and pass blitzes. The timing was great. And so well done by UND's defense. But point is, I know we all want, as fans of certain teams that have won a lot of football games, we expect all of these to be easy walks in the park. Folks, it's it's not going to happen. That's just not how it's going to work out overall. And so uh, the top gets tested in a big-time way on Saturday, but good teams find ways to win and do so on the road in conference play, and NDSU ends the 12-game home field winning streak. That was the third longest in all of FCS college football. The Bison are now 45-5 and on the road, dating back to 2011. Well, it was a special night in Cheney, Washington, and for Eastern Washington fans everywhere. ESPN2, national uh, landscape, national platform, and a come-from-behind win in the fourth quarter over Montana, who is a really, really good football team. And, uh, man, what a, uh, an impressive victory and special evening for Eastern. Larry Weir on the call on the radio side, uh, who does a fantastic job and was all over it for the Eastern Washington Radio Network. Larry, first off, uh, great to have you with us on the program. What a night and what a a special evening for Eastern Washington. How would you describe just the entire, uh, uh, you know, event as a whole from start to finish from your perspective? Well, just to start with, Jeff, thanks for for, for asking me to be on today. And, and, you know, just for the – from the start of the day, when you drove up to the stadium and the parking lot was packed with uh, tailgaters, and uh, anytime Montana comes to town, it's an epic tailgate. And so uh, that was wonderful to see and nice to have fans back once again. I know a lot of people have talked about that, uh, you know, here over the first month or so of the college football season. So good to have fans on the outside and good to have fans on the inside. Good crowd. Montana had not been to Cheney since 2016. Uh, They are Eastern's competitive rival in the Big Sky Conference. I don't know. There's a few other uh, schools that that there might be a a, a more, I don't know, proximate rivalry with maybe as far as as, as distance goes. But, But it's been Eastern and Montana in the Big Sky for the last 25 years. Oh, there's no doubt it was it was fascinating, and you know, look, I, I'm I'm watching it, and I'm starting to get the the spring vibe, uh, Larry. When when you guys came to Fargo and you jumped out to a great lead, and then NDSU got physical with you, and and the Eagles couldn't recover, I started to get some of those same vibes in this game with Montana to a certain degree, and going into the fourth quarter. They have the lead, and then things flip. The whole game changed. What was it that was the big difference maker to make this turn out the way it was on Saturday night? So I'll go with two things. One, the play on the field in the game, and to me the blocked field goal with four minutes left in the third quarter was what flipped the game. Eastern needed something to happen a big play of some sort in order to be able to try to take momentum back because I'll agree with you 100%. It looked like 
Montana was just physically taking control of the football game. Eastern needed something to flip the switch, and that's what started it. Eastern got a drive after the block field goal, 58-yard drive, scored a touchdown, made it 21-16, get a, uh, a defensive stop, get the ball back, uh, score another touchdown to take the lead, and then get an interception in the end zone, drive the field again, and take a 31-21 lead. Three touchdowns in a span of slightly over nine minutes of game time. And that is, I think, what decided the ball game for them from that block field goal on. Now, what you mentioned, the situation in Fargo last spring, that is what has fueled Eastern Washington in the offseason, even though they didn't have a lot of time, just 13 or so weeks from the end of the spring season to the start of practice for the fall, they knew they needed to get bigger and more physical, especially on the defensive line. And so they took that to heart over the three months or so that they had. And they are bigger and more physical and more able to stand up to teams now that, that try to impose their will upon them. And so that the, the game in Fargo, in a, in a way, is what drove the comeback because I think think this team is bigger and maybe better conditioned than they had been uh and i think that had something to do with it in the fourth quarter as well the depth and the conditioning played a factor in in, in the ball game but um so, so the, the game in fargo to, uh, was was part of the whole thing but the, the play that flipped the game to me was the block field goal yeah massive there, there's no question larry weir with us eastern washington play-by-play man he had a front row seat for a great night in sheeney uh, at the Inferno, Eastern comes from behind and beats Montana in front of a national audience on ESPN2 as well. We'll get to Eric Barrier because he's unbelievable, and I think he's the best player in our our, our level, and I, sh- I thought he should have won the Walter Payton Award in the springtime. I think he'll win it here in the fall, barring some form of a major setback. He, he's phenomenal. I want to throw three at you and let you you take it where you want to go. The Eastern defense, Tololo Limu-Jones, and Dennis Merritt. Maybe three names that, that should get more love right now than what they are because Barry A is such a, a bright, bright star. Uh, take those three for me and, and uh, roll with them uh, from your vantage point. Yes, indeed. Defense had a rough game against Western Illinois, no doubt about it. But Western Illinois is not as bad offensively as they appeared in the Montana game. I'm going to tell you this, Jeff. Anybody that comes into Missoula, because of the complexity of that defense that Montana plays, you've got to be able to communicate on the offensive line. When you have 25,000 people yelling at you and trying to make it hard for you to communicate, there's going to be a problem. Anybody that comes into Montana is going to have a problem moving the ball against that defense because of the wall of noise that the 25,000 people make uh, within that building. So Western Illinois' offense isn't as bad as some people thought it was. And so the Eastern defense probably is not as bad as some people thought based on the performance against Western Illinois. Obviously, we know they beat Youngstown State and took Southern Illinois last week into overtime. So, But it was still not a good game for the Eastern defense. But this is a bunch that has improved. I think they improved some in the spring season last year. And what they needed to do was get bigger and more physical, and that's what they've been able to do in the offseason. So this is a team that whenever Eastern has had championship-contending teams, the defense has been at least decent, and I think this defense is better than that. Uh, maybe not to the level of the 2010 National Championship team, but still a good defensive team. To Lolo Lima Jones, to me, I am 
stunned that he does not get more play nationally toward being one of the best, if not the best, receivers in FCS football. He's a big guy, six feet four ish, two hundred twenty pounds, with more speed than you think he has, and he is a huge threat with the deep ball. But he can also uh, catch the intermediate routes. He's not just a one-trick pony. He, he he can run the route tree, and he's a really good receiver. He had uh, a little case of the. He had a couple of balls that he probably should have caught that he dropped in that ball game, and that might be the one criticism that you might be able to have of, of the young man. Is sometimes he doesn't catch everything thrown to him, but he is a fantastic receiver and is one of the best in the nation at his position. And Dennis Merritt, with the injury to Tamaric Pierce in the spring, Merritt has has had to be the bell cow. He can't just be the the change of pace back for Eastern, the guy that you can put in the game on third down or on second and long or whatever and run draws, screens, get him out of the backfield, get him in space, etc. He's had to be the number one back for this team, and he has done a fantastic job of running the football not only – uh, on, on stretch plays in, in, in space, trying to get him on sweeps, et cetera, get him outside the tackle box, but also within the tackles. Uh, he was averaging until the last two weeks eight yards a carry through the first three weeks of the season and getting the ball a fair amount of time uh, during the course of a ball game. Now his, his average is down a little bit over the last two weeks, but he's still a, an incredibly productive back, leading the nation going into the Montana game in touchdowns. And getting another one in that in that Montana game. So those those two players, Billy Jones and Merritt, and then the defense as a whole, uh, are huge reasons why Eastern sitting at five and zero right now. Yeah, well said, Larry Weir, Eastern Washington Radio play by play man, with us on the FCS Fever podcast. Eric Barrier, I, I mentioned this in our our local shows in Fargo last week, uh, Larry. I, I felt like this would be a legacy type defining game for him under a national spotlight with Montana coming to town. It might be hard to answer here because you guys have had so many unbelievable offensive players come through Eastern Washington. But what did that performance and that win do in your mind for the overall uh, conversation piece for what Eric Barrier is for Eastern Washington football? I think the very least, Jeff, it showed the growth that Eric has made. That blitz that Montana... Their pass rush was was intense. It was withering, and you could see a little bit in the mid part of the game where Eric maybe had lost a, a small amount of composure, where he was not really certain of the protection, and maybe had lost some of his mechanics just trying to get the ball out. And at some point, he had a flip, and it may have been. Uh, something that happened just with a change in the protections because all of a sudden now he had a little bit more time and you saw him be able to stand in there against the heat of that pass rush and still deliver good ball after good ball. Uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know about in this game, Eastern was without both of their right tackles on the depth chart. So the left tackle or the left guard had to move out to right tackle and the backup center ended up moving in at left guard. And so Eastern had a little bit of a patchwork offensive line there. And I think that played a little bit of a part as well. Once guys got a little more settled down and started to understand the, the, the blitz package a little bit better, that may have also improved the protection a little bit. Uh, but for me, just the maturity that Eric had in that ball game to be able to stand up to the heat Montana was bringing uh, was, was huge for him because 
in 2019, he had a similar situation in Montana and maybe uh, didn't con- didn't keep his composure as well as, as maybe he would have liked in that ballgame. So I think it just shows the, the growth that Shane has had at the quarterback position over the last couple of years. Well, i tell you what, Larry, I'm looking at the schedule. You guys go to Northern Colorado, and then you have an interesting four-game stretch after that where Idaho comes to town, Weber State, Montana State, and you go to UC Davis. That's not going to be an easy stretch by any means, but you've got most of those games at home on the Inferno. If, if you allow yourself to dream a little bit here, it, it feels like you're set up to do something pretty darn special with how it all shakes out. What What's your... Uh, vibe tell you about the way the schedule lays out and what the season could be now for this team after this win? Well, if the, if the six teams remaining will just cooperate with the situation, we'll all be uh, it, it'll be a, it'll be a good time. It is set up really, Jeff, for for there to be a good run. But for me, I've I've gone to Nottingham Field in Greeley a bunch of times over the years, and Eastern seems to always, for whatever reason, have a hard time with Northern Colorado in Greeley. I don't know why that is. One year they had to have a, a near 50-yard field goal at the last play of the game to win. Another year they had to have an interception late to, to preserve a win. Uh, they cause Eastern problems in Greeley for whatever reason. So that's uh, number one thing you've got to get through uh, this Saturday at Northern Colorado first. Then Idaho at home. Idaho has played Eastern very well over the last couple of years. They gave UC Davis a- in Davis all they wanted yeah. on Saturday. That was a 27-20 game. Davis won, but they scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns to come from behind to win. So the Idaho game is going to be difficult. You've got Weber State on the 23rd coming to Cheney, and they were the last team to win at the Inferno in 2017. Eastern's won their last 19 home games uh, since that Weber State game in, in November of 2017. And then you've got Montana State coming in after a bye week on November 6th. Then you go to UC Davis on the 13th. And so uh, then you wrap it up with Portland State, who views Eastern as their rival for the last game of the year. So the at each step, it's, it's fraught with peril, I will say. Yeah. But it does. You're indeed right. I mean, if, if, if you were to choose who you wanted at home and who you wanted on the road outside of the Davis game, Eastern has the teams at home that they would have wanted. And so you just got to defend the home field, find a way to win on the road, and, and we'll see what happens here. But, you know, I don't, will 11 and 0 be good enough as far as a lot of years? That would pretty much cement you with the number one seed overall. But there's North Dakota State, there's South Dakota State, there's James Madison, there's Sam Houston. If any one of those teams runs the table and is 11 and 0 as well, uh, it's 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 going to be interesting to see who is seated one, who's seated two, who's seated three, et cetera, yeah. uh, at the end of the regular season. No doubt, going to be a, it's it's a fun year in the FCS. That's for sure with the quality of play out there. And Eastern Washington is one of those teams in the limelight right now after their come from behind win against Montana Saturday night. Larry, always appreciate your time. Great stuff. Travel safe to Greeley and have a great week. We thank you for coming on. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right, big thanks, Larry Weir, Eastern Washington play-by-play. Man, I tell you, the top of that Big Sky Conference, you look at the unbalanced scheduling where not everybody faces each team in the league. The league's so big. Uh, You look at Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington, UC Davis. uh, Both, I think Montana and UC Davis have the easier paths of the four when you look at the way it breaks out. 
I don't think Montana's going to lose another game. they got a tough game with Idaho coming up. Uh, it's always a, a rivalry game. But I think you could see Montana with one loss going into the Cat-Grizz game, the brawl, the wild at the end of the year. Montana State's got a tough schedule. That's going to be challenging. And we mentioned Eastern Washington earlier on. Uh, but all their tough games are at home outside of going to UC Davis at the end of the year. So how the big sky shakes out is going to be fascinating uh, down the stretch in a big-time way. All right, other things that caught my eye. Don't look now out east, but Rhode Island, the Rams, are 4-0. and That's right. They are 4-0 and on the weekend. They have Delaware at home coming up this Saturday in CAA play. Delaware's banged up right now. Their quarterback, Nolan Henderson, dealing with injuries, and they struggled against the Albany bunch that I think is an average at best program in the CAA right now. So Rhode Island, don't look now. They are 4-0. and how about Kennesaw State? Can we officially close the book on Jacksonville State, by the way? Goodness, Kennesaw State blows the Gamecocks out of the water. Things just continue to get worse for Jacksonville State and John Gross and that crew after a great win over Florida State. They're struggling. Uh, Kennesaw State, are they the favorite in the Big South? That's an interesting question. Going to be a fascinating two-horse race with Monmouth and with Kennesaw State in the Big South here this season. One to keep an eye on and one certainly to follow. ETSU, they keep on winning. Randy Sanders and that bunch now 5-0 and on the year. Two impressive early season wins in SOCOM play at Samford and winning at home against Wofford. ETSU, again, we've talked about them. We've talked about the Bucks on the FCS Fever podcast. Now 5-0, and 2-0 and in SOCOM play. Hey, it looks like a three-horse race in the Southland right now. Incarnate Word, Southeastern Louisiana, and Nichols. And Saturday, you've got Southeastern Louisiana at Nichols in Southland play. Three-horse race right now in the Southland, at least early in the season. Plenty can happen, but keep an eye on Incarnate Word, Southeastern Louisiana, and Nichols in a big game in Thibodeau coming up Saturday with uh, the Lions taking on the Colonels down there in the boot in the bayou. And, of course, uh, coming up this week, Villanova is at James Madison, a massive game in CAA play as well. JMU, uh, again, battling on the road at New Hampshire. Villanova goes there coming up this weekend to Bridgeforth Stadium uh, in Harrisonburg. A fun game to follow in the CAA. And shout-out to Grambling State. That's right, the Tigers losing eight of their previous nine games Get an upset win over Akeem Glass and Alabama A&M over the weekend. The defending SWAC champions who are on a nine-game winning streak, uh, they get a nice victory, 37-28 over Alabama A&M. Wanted to mention Grambling State, a team from this past weekend, pulling off a surprise and beating an Alabama A&M bunch. Maybe they were looking ahead to their contest coming up this upcoming weekend against Coach Prime and Jackson State hosting them at home. But Grambling State snaps a nine-game winning streak for Alabama A&M and their talented quarterback, Akeem Glass. All right, that's going to do it for us. Another edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. I'm Jeff Colhane. What a weekend. It was fun to look back. Some big wins at the top. And obviously, teams starting to position themselves. Got more big games coming up in conference play this upcoming weekend. We'll have previews of those coming up later on in the week. Hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe, comment, like, listen. You know the drill. Appreciate you being a part of the FCS Fever podcast. Have a good one.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.